Welcome to the Mustang Creek Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. And, and we want to talk about developing a lifestyle of evangelism, and these guys practice it on a daily basis. And I wanted to bring someone not just to talk about it, but someone that actually does it and, and practice a lifestyle of evangelism. So would you give it up for Pastor Rod as he comes, and then he'll introduce Nancy more later on in the service. Amen. Well, good morning. Well, I tell you, we have had a good time here today, and I think we're going to continue to do that. I love this church. This is awesome. I love the pastors. They're just full of energy. Man, when I get their age, I want to have that much energy. <laughs> you know, I was retired until I met my wife. <laughs> just everything changed. Everything changed. I'm telling you, it's nothing's the same anymore. But uh, it's it's in a good way. I I really excited about what God's doing in our lives. And this is this is kind of a first for us. We made it through the first service, but it's the first time we've really preached together and kind of tag teamed together. And so we weren't sure how that was going to work because I can get kind of long winded. I promise you, she has the same abilities. And so we. You know, I thought, well, what am I going to do? So I, I had kind of put some thoughts together, put them down on paper, and I had her last night look over my notes and, and take out all the boring stuff. So in conclusion, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you got it, brother. <laughs> so, but uh, I told the first service, I'll tell you like Elizabeth Taylor told her eighth husband, I'm not going to keep you long. <laughs> So we'll see how that works. That may not work so well either. I hope I'm not being a liar. But uh, we, uh, we're excited for what God's doing in our lives. And uh, we have a passion to build the kingdom of God and to really motivate others to do the same thing. Uh, it's not all about us. It's about working together in the kingdom of God to, to build the kingdom. Amen? Uh, and our desire is to help this church to become unstoppable for God. So I've entitled this little presentation this morning, uh, Unstoppable. I just want to be unstoppable for God. You know, the New Testament church was unstoppable. They were unstoppable. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem to receive power. Don't, don't try to do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in, in John chapter 20, uh, they, they got saved and the Holy Spirit... Jesus breathed on him, and you read this story there. It says, Jesus breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit came in them at salvation. That was the transition between the old covenant and the new covenant. And because you, the disciples couldn't be saved until they confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart that, God, that Jesus rose from the dead. That was the means of salvation, was through Jesus Christ, right? So Jesus shows up in the upper room, comes through their locked doors to, to have an encounter with them, and he breathes on them. And Thomas wasn't there that day, if you remember. Thomas didn't get to church that day. You know, when you miss church, you may miss something pretty important. There's some people that are missing church today, and, and they're missing out. Because God had something special for them and a word for them and they're not even going to hear it because they didn't bother to show up. Or they didn't even bother to tune in online, whatever. But God has a word and so you don't want to miss church. All the disciples got saved except Thomas. 
And it, it was a week later. It was a week later before Thomas said, well, Thomas said, he says, I'm not, they told him what happens. Unless I put my hands in, his, in, the, in the wounds in his side and in his hands, uh, I'm not going to believe. And so when they meet again the next Sunday, Jesus shows up and, and Thomas confesses him Lord. And then he got saved. But then Jesus said, listen, there's more to it than just salvation. There's, there's power. And, and if you go wait in Jerusalem and you just pray and go have a 10-day prayer meeting, I'm, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to empower you to, to do what I need you to do. Because they were basically the youth group at the time. They really were. Those disciples were pretty young dudes and, and God was entrusting them with the salvation of the world. They couldn't do it in their own ability and you can't do it. I don't care how old you are. It's, it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you and you shall be witnesses. So I believe this. This is my strong conviction that when the people of God get behind the man of God empowered by the Holy Spirit, they'll be unstoppable. Amen. That's good stuff right there. And I could stop right now because when you understand that, then you understand where, how, how the, the anointing comes in your life to do. You know, people say, my wife, Nancy, that, that she has a gift of evangelism. Can I tell you this? There's no gift of evangelism. There's a gift of evangelist, but there's no gift of evangelism. And, and Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. In other words, equip people to, to go out and share the gospel. And that's what she does. She has her own little nonprofit ministry called Go Harvest. She doesn't talk about it a whole lot, but she takes ladies out and takes them on missions trips and teaches them how to how to lead people to Jesus and just has a blast doing it. They, I mean, it's it's just it's just fun. They just go out and they have fun because it's fun to lead somebody to Jesus. There's something exciting about that when someone comes into the kingdom. You know, all heaven rejoices when one soul gets saved. So we can, we can cause a party in heaven when we get people saved. Amen. I, I want to tell you this. There is only one reason, only one reason that, that the Lord hasn't come back. There, there is not one prophecy in Scripture that's holding back Jesus from, coming, from, from Jesus coming back. Everything that needs to happen in this world, all the prophecies have been fulfilled for Jesus to come back. The only reason he hasn't come back is God's not satisfied with the harvest. There's still some people that need to give their lives to Jesus because God's not willing that any should perish and he's going to do everything. He, he's, he is patient. He is long-suffering because he, is, he wants everyone to come to salvation. And he wants us to do our part. How many know that the church is in the harvesting business? That's what we do. That's our mission. It's called the Great Co-Mission. That's how we've defined that, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations. It's the co-mission. It's not just my mission or someone else. It's what we do together. Co means it's together we do this. And so we fulfill the Great Commission by working together. So you can put this on Facebook if you'd like, if those of you that are on Facebook right now <laughs> that are kind of bored. Uh, but... Here, here's, here's the realities that anyone who doesn't want the church to grow lacks vision in the out, of the out of the will of God. If you don't want the church to grow, you lack vision and you're out of the will of God. Because, you know what? I only had two kids because I started out as a youth pastor in my young days and 
Most of the time, we didn't get paid a whole lot back in the day, Brother <laughs> Robert. And so I grew up kind of poor. My dad would start churches and go take little churches and build them up and then go do it again. And, and that was kind of the, the way we grew up. So we grew up poor. And, and, and I think I have a world record. I'm not sure. But uh, I, have, I think I have more brother-in-laws than anybody in this place, probably in, this, in the country. I have, I have 32 brother-in-laws. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of eight kids. I have four sisters, and they all got married. But that's only four, right? But then my wife, Nancy, is one of 11 kids. So that means she has 10 siblings, some brothers, some sisters. All her sisters were married, so that's, what, 14? That still leaves a lot of people, doesn't it, to get to 32. Oh yeah, my wife, my first wife was one of 17 kids. And so, and some of them had a, some of those girls, they couldn't get it right the first time, so they had a couple. <laughs> but they got worked out finally. But, uh, and I'm not sure why I told you that. <laughs> All right, well, let me get back to my notes. Good thing I got my notes. I told that for a reason. I can't, sometimes I just go off, you know. It's just like, this is a good story. Let me tell this story for a while. One day Jesus was having a conversation with a woman at the well. And his disciples had gone to Walmart to, to get some food. And I told the first service, I said, I don't understand some things in Scripture that I, I don't think I'll ever understand why it took 12 disciples to go get food while Jesus just waited there. I mean, that takes that man to go shopping. Uh, and so anyway, they went and they came back and they found Jesus uh, talking to this, this woman at the well. And, and they say to Jesus, Jesus, take some food. We, want you, we brought some food. We want you to eat. And, and, and Jesus says to them, if you read the, in John chapter 4, he says, the thing that keeps me going, that motivates me, is to do the will of the Father. He says, I, I know I need food, but man, I, right now I'm sharing, I'm sharing hope with somebody. That, that's what really motivates me. That's what keeps me going. That keeps me from burning out because I'm sharing Jesus. And when you share Jesus, you don't burn out sharing Jesus. You get burnt out being religious. You get burnt out doing a whole lot of things that, that don't matter for eternity. But you don't burn out sharing Jesus because that's the most exciting thing that can happen in your life. And so Jesus said, man, the thing that keeps me going is to finish his work. And, and the work was all about the harvest. John 4, 35, Jesus said, do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus said, don't look for some future time because the time is now. There's no better time than right now to be involved in the harvest. And you've had some great opportunities coming up. and You just need to jump in there and just do it. And, 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 let, and see what God will do through you. Um, so, listen, God's agenda must become our agenda. We, we need to discover the activity of God in our community and, and partner with God in what he's doing. And you'll see phenomenal results. I, I shared earlier that one of the things that makes my wife so effective is her prayer life is she just prays for hours she prays for hours in the spirit and and, and God just does and I'll let her share that but, but God just does some amazing things um, you know I told some guys the other day I said 
she leads about 100, 150 to, to the Lord every year, but it's actually, it's, it's at least twice that. If, if she doesn't lead more than three people a week to the Lord, that's not a good week. <laughs> it's like, we just, she just constantly, you know, we're talking about the telephone. I mean, if, if you call her to do business, she's going to end up finding out if there's something you can, she can pray with you about and, and talking to you about the Lord. That's just, that's what, her, that's what she does. And she's motivated me to, to do those things. Um, listen, I, I believe that God wants to reach this community even more than you do. He gave his son to die on the cross for those that are lost. And, you know, I, I was a pastor for a lot of years, and, and God gave me, always would give me a vision. God calls pastors, he calls leaders, and gives them a vision uh, for the church and for the community. And, you know, you come from all kinds of backgrounds, and you've experienced, some of you experienced church in so many different ways, and some of it was not so good, some was good, some was really radical, some could have been a little more radical, and you got all kinds of shapes, but I'm going to tell you that it's important to get behind the man of God and help the man of God so that you can fulfill the vision that God gives to the church through the leadership of the church, through that man or woman that God has appointed, and then the rest of us, have God brings us by his divine appointment to this place so that we can help the man of God. So I want to encourage you, catch the vision of the house. I didn't say it in first service, but I'll tell you this, that anybody causing the pastor problems is out of the will of God. It doesn't matter, mean that you always agree. My goodness, my wife and I have been married for 10 months, and we've had a couple of times we didn't agree. Just a couple, you know. But we're still married. We're going for one year. <laughs> I was married for 49 years the first time, and I'm shooting for 49 this time. We'll see how that works. <laughs> but we all have gifts and talents for, to work in the, in the body of Christ in the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others. Now, that's not a complete list. There's even more in the rest of that scripture. But there's just a lot of gifts. And, and as you read in, in Romans 12 and in 1 Corinthians 12, where these, you'll find a couple of longer lists, at the, at the end of that dissertation on the, what the gifts are, Paul always gives a dissertation on love. You know 1 Corinthians 13 is a love chapter. comes right smack in the middle of, of what the gifts are, are and how they're to be used. And right smack in the middle says, but you better do it in love. If you don't do it in love, it's just a bunch of noise. It's just a bunch of nothing. And so that's why these outreaches are really important because that you get, people don't care what you know until they know that you love them. It opens the door to, to their heart when, when you minister to them, when you help them. And, and there's something that, uh, that's one of the strengths that, of my wife. She's always building people up, and she's, a, she's an encourager, and she wins their heart, and, and they're just open to the gospel because they, they know that she cares. They know that she loves them, and, and she, she expresses that love and shows that love. But I'm going to tell you that helping is big business. I want to tell you this. Paul told the, the church a number of times, says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't faint. And I believe that there's a harvest that's about ready for this church. That I'm amazed. I, I mean, I was telling Pastor Robert this morning, I said, I remember when you moved out here. There was nothing. There was, there's more people in this church than there was in Forney when he moved out here. I mean, it's like... 
It was, there was, I said, why are you going to Fornia? I mean, it was just a spot on the map. And I'll look at, you all know what God's happened in, in the people that have come. And so there's a great harvest field that God is bringing to you so that you can fulfill the, the purpose of God in your life. But helping is big business. Matthew 10, 41. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Anyone who receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. In other words, if you help a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. If you help a missionary, you get a missionary's reward. If you help a pastor, you get a pastor's reward. There's no helper's rewards in heaven. If you're not helping someone, you get nothing. That's kind of the way I see it. You've got to help somebody to get the reward. So if you help a pastor, you get a pastor's reward. I, I saw a little cartoon on Billy Graham. Uh, he's, he, he's a good little preacher. And, <laughs> but led thousands, thousands, thousands. They, they estimated he probably led more people to Jesus than anyone else in history. I mean, just through media and, and everything. Tremendous man of God. But I would submit to you that, that there are people in heaven today. I saw the cartoon that was welcoming Billy Graham into heaven. And, and all was this, these throngs of people. And he was, they were clapping and cheering. And, and Billy Graham had this great reward. But there's a whole lot of people that came alongside Billy Graham to help him. There were people that prayed for his ministry. And, and there was people that gave to his ministry. The people that ushered at his crusades. And, and people that sang in the choir. And, and people that did all kinds. You don't have big crusades without a whole army and host of people helping behind the scenes. And, and so those people are going to get the same reward and the same welcome to heaven that Billy Graham got. Because they sowed in. If you help a man of God, if you help a righteous man, you get a righteous man's reward. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah. I don't know. I just feel like dancing today, Robert. I just, there's just something happening to me. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to get through this. Here's, here's the thing. What you make happen for someone else, God will make happen for you. Robert t said that I had helped build the camp down there at, at Lakeview. And, and when I was asked to do that, I was just volunteering my time to help the, the district superintendent. And I'd had a little experience in commercial kitchens during a time when I was kind of running from the call of God on my life. And, and so I, I knew a little bit, about, I knew enough to know that the plans that they had for the kitchen and the, and the dining hall wasn't going to work because they'd been feeding like 200, 250 at the other camp and now they were going to feed 1,000 and it just wasn't going to work. And so I told the superintendent that, and, and so we redesigned it. I put a committee together. Long story short, that's what I was doing. But then one day we were driving out there to the camp, and he says, Rod, he said, I need somebody to run this place. And I'd worked for him for five years before. I wasn't sure I wanted to work for him again. <laughs> I love the man, but I worked hard. <laughs> I, I, I worked building buildings, building a gym and stuff, and we did ministry at night or when we had a chance because during the day we were building buildings, and it's like, wow, I went four years to college for this. I remember one day I was up to my waist in sewer water, and I'm thinking, wow, I just graduated from college, and, and I, I got a degree, and... <laughs> And now I'm in sewer water up to my waist. This, this, this doesn't compute. But we just did whatever we had to do. And, uh, but I, I didn't want to go out there and help. I, I kept turning them down. And finally, I couldn't get... I was between churches. I was just preaching weekends and, and doing some other things during the week. And, and so 
he said, Rod, I really feel like you need to help me. So I, I, I couldn't get an interview at a church running five, and I thought, well, it's not working out so well. Being a pastor, maybe I should do something else. Let's pray about it. So my wife and I prayed about it, and God spoke to me about going out and helping the man of God. Not, I had no vision for the camp. I had no vision or burden for, for the camp. It was just... God said, go help the man of God. So that's what we did. And when I, what happened was God began to give me, as I was helping and doing that, God began to give me a vision for the camp. God began to give me a, a burden for the camp. And, and I remember one day I was up in the back end of that, that multipurpose building and a thousand kids were on and the altars crying to God. And, and I was just weeping and, and I said, God, I'll do this as long as you need me to do it because this is what it's all about. And but here's what happened is when I helped the man of God, God, I caught the same vision and, and God put it in my heart and I still have a, a heart for, for camping ministry and, and what God does at our camps and started some initiatives at another camp and just did a whole lot of other things. So I'm just saying that if, if you're feeling a little weary or you don't have a vision for the church, get behind the pastors. Begin praying for them every day. Pray God, pray the prayer Jabez. God bless them indeed and expand their territory and, and, and you see what God will do, the transformation that will take place in your heart and in your life as, as you help them. So I'm going to ask my wife to come. She's got some things uh, that she's going to share and we're going to talk about this morning. But here's, let me, as she's coming, Luke 16, 12 says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who should give you uh, that which is your own? And so uh, if you want God to bless your ministry, you help and do ministry with someone else. Ministry is what God has gifted you to do in the lives of others. That's just really what it is. It's what God has gifted you to do in the, in the lives of others. Well, I love my wife. I love my husband. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some guy, I just blessed. You know, I, my first wife, she was an awesome woman of God. And, and we, at our wedding, we decided that, you know, we're going to talk about our spouse. I spent 49 years with my wife. We have 49 years of memories. We had two kids together and all kinds of grandkids. And, and she spent 42 years with her husband. And actually, God spoke to her one night that at our wedding, we need to honor our spouses that had passed away. And so that's what we did. We had a picture of her and her uh, husband on the communion table, me and my first wife on the communion table. And I told our family, I said, listen, I, I told her boys, I said, your dad will always be your dad, and I'm not trying to take his place, and we're going to honor your dad. And you can talk about your dad anytime you want to, and there's no subject that's, we're, we're, we're going to have the good memories. And then I said, told my kids, you know, uh, you can talk about your mother anytime you want to talk about. And uh, so God's just blessed us, and, and she is so pretty. <laughs> you want to take a picture? Did you get a picture? All right. Uh, you say, how did, I know what you're thinking, folks. How did he do that? I'm, just, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing, really. I mean, it's like, how did I do that? I don't know. God's mercy, God's grace. So anyway, uh, she's, she has motivated me to win souls. I mean, we just, on our honeymoon, we led 12 people to the Lord on our honeymoon. We did other things, but that's the other thing we did. I mean, we went to the beach and we did a bunch of other things. Anyway, uh, and so <laughs> she's just, well, I'm just embarrassing myself. 
<laughs> and you. But, you know, if, if you come into our house, you're a candidate. I mean, we just, we, we dedicated our house to the Lord, and, and, and so anybody that comes, we just talk to them about Jesus. If they come to fix something, we, you know, we just talked to him about Jesus. She's selling a house. Uh, we've been rehabbing here recently, and a guy came to look at it uh, about a week ago, and, and he thought he was coming to find a house, and he found Jesus. Yeah, that's just kind of the way we roll. So I want her to share a little bit about uh, you know, her life and, and where she came from and, and just talk a bit about some methodology that she uses to just lead people to Jesus. Thank you, dear. Praise God. Uh, you know, he's been merciful to me, and uh, he just blessed me a second time with another amazing husband, so I feel incredibly blessed, and we can do life together, and we can do ministry together. So uh, he's just, he's been an amazing, uh, there's no better life to live than, the, than serving Christ. So God's just really been good, and uh <clears throat> We, uh, I have a passion for evangelism. I want to make an eternal difference. I feel like if I'm here on earth, I want to make an eternal difference because the only thing we're going to take to heaven with us is souls. And our time here is so short. So the only thing we're taking with us and the only thing we have left is time. So I want to make the best use of my time that I possibly can for the kingdom of God. So I want to keep hell empty and heaven full. So God, and the harvest right now is so ripe and so ready, and God has got to use all of us. So if you have that treasure inside of you, Jesus, then God has divine appointments for you. He has people for you to rub up against, to be by, to, and he's going to put in your path that you can share Jesus with. And if you have fear about doing it, then that's a sure sign that you can do it. Because, you know, the devil always tries to bring the lie. You can't do that, you know, or you, uh, you know, he always tries to tell us, you can't say that. Yes, you can. It's always opposite of whatever the devil's trying to tell you. So, um, and if you have fear about it, pray with somebody to get rid of that, to get rid of the fear, because that's a sure sign that God wants you to speak the word of God to somebody. Otherwise, the devil wouldn't be trying to bring fear into your life about that. So uh, God is good. I looked for, I, I did not know there was a scripture that says that it's not by our works, lest any man boast. So I was the religious person, I thought that I had Jesus. I thought that I was good with God. I was, for four years, I was doing all the good works in the community. I lived in Carrollton, Texas, and I did every volunteer work there was, trying to work my way to heaven. All my girlfriends were Christians, but not one of them would question me or ask me it, and or share that treasure that they had inside of them with me. But finally, one day I got up, I kept looking and longing. I knew that my life was good. I had everything that I had need of, but I knew that there was something empty inside of me. Now, I went to church all the time, and I even prayed, but... I did not know Jesus. I didn't have a real relationship with a living God. 
And that makes such a difference because just knowing about a God really does nothing for you. But knowing him personally and having that personal relationship, and I, I really believed I was okay with God, but when I found out I wasn't okay with God, I never heard the gospel till I was 26 years old. I just got up one Sunday morning and decided, I think I'm going to try a different church. And praise God, I went to a spirit-filled church on Beltline Road. And that was the first time I sat in the last pew of the church. I had no clue what they did in there. But that was the first time I heard the gospel. I never heard that I needed to be born again, that I needed to actually ask Jesus to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins and that I needed a savior. Now I believed in Jesus, which most people do. And when you're out talking to people, when you're out talking to people, I like to ask them, do you know God or do you just know about God? Because most time, most of the time, they will be very honest with you, and they'll say, "I just know about God. I don't know God." I, you know, they're always, they will be honest, and they'll tell you that. So, that's an easy way to begin a conversation with them to talk to them about the Lord. And I try to make it easy at whatever level they're at. Sometimes uh, I can just quote scriptures and talk scriptures if I. If I perceive in my spirit um, that got some church knowledge, I've got background, um, this I can go that direction. But majority of the time, if they're not churched, and there's a lot of people out there that don't even go to church or haven't even been inside of a church, so that's why we got to go to them. This is an amazing church that they're doing outreach. They're going out to get the lost. So. I'm excited about the outreaches here that y'all are going to be doing. Um, I just believe God's going to really bless that. So that's a great opportunity to get out there and help win the loss to Christ. So you have that treasure inside of you that you can give away to somebody. Pray, ask God to put those opportunities, those divine opportunities to give you them. Uh, I ask God every day, uh, you know, for a lost soul. And I I pray, I want to hear God. The two things I ask God for is I want to hear his voice and I, I want to win the lost. And God's been so good. He's answered those prayers. Um, just the other day, maybe about a week or two ago, we went into a Mexican restaurant and I always look at the person's name because names have meaning. And there was a man there by the name of James and I said, James, did you know that your name is in the Bible? And James said, it is? I said, yeah. I said, James, there's a whole book about your name. And with your name on it, there is. And he was just amazed. So we started talking. And he said, you know, somebody sends me this devotional on my phone. And he said, there's a scripture on the devotional. And he said, you might think this is kind of strange, but I have a chalkboard in my house and I write the scripture down each day on, the, on my chalkboard. I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? He has a love for the word of God, but yet he doesn't even own a Bible. So as we talked more, as he waited on us, he came and he went and things settled down in the restaurant. And when he came back, I said, 
James, have you ever been born again? Do you even, do you understand what that means? And he was like, no. Like, he wasn't even born again. And so, which I figured he wasn't. Because when you're not born again, you usually don't read a Bible. So I know I didn't read a Bible. So I didn't know, I didn't know that I even needed to be born again. But James went on to give his life to the Lord and uh which praise god for that and uh they're at the restaurants i told him i said james i'm going to bring you back a bible so about a week later we went back took him took him a bible and i marked out the book of james and some other stuff for him in there to read and we ran in there gave it to him we didn't stay that day to eat there because the restaurant was just the waiting line was just too long so we decided let's just walk across the parking lot we'll go to Shalotsky's next door and uh, we'll go in there and have something to eat we went in there and it wasn't wasn't very busy and uh, the girl there I'd asked the Holy Spirit just to show me something about her and so the Lord showed me several things about her so I shared it with her and she looked at me and she said oh my goodness are you a fortune teller or something she said how did you know all those things when she said fortune teller I was like oh my gosh no I said no honey you don't ever have to go to a fortune teller you go right to Jesus because God can show you your future he will tell you things he will talk to you the Bible says that my sheep hear my voice so you don't ever have to go to a fortune teller and thank God she'd never had gone to one because I asked her but uh, it really opened her up to for me to be able to talk to her about the Lord so she had about 10 minutes where she had nothing to do but just stand there so I just stood there with her while we were waiting for our order to be filled and I got to share with her uh, about the gospel and uh, about salvation made it very easy for her to understand and she um, she looked at me and she said, well, I need to be saved. And she realized that she hadn't been born again. So praise God, she prayed, gave her life to the Lord, and then our order was ready. But uh, God is a good, good father. The harvest is so ripe right now. People need hope so desperately. And it's going to take all of us to do it. So if you would pray and just ask God to give you, to put people in your path this week, put somebody in my path that I could talk to about Jesus. Put somebody that needs. It's a great joy to share the gospel. And you know, you don't have to worry. I prayed with a girl at the first, after the first service and she had a little bit of fear, but God showed me she is going to win people to the Lord. And she said, you know, I just have fear about it. I said, honey, don't worry. When we get saved, we give up our rights. You don't have to worry about what people think about you. Because when I came to Christ, I gave all that up. The only person I have to worry about pleasing is my heavenly father. And, you know, it's, it's, it's my heavenly father. Because it's not about me anyways. So I've given up all my rights because I want his will to be done each and every day in my life so that I could make an eternal difference here on earth so I can take as many with me as possible. I just want him to say good and well done, my faithful servant. 
but you have that treasure inside of you. So I want to encourage you today that you have Jesus, that gift, if you know him and have that personal relationship with him, you have that inside of you and you can give that treasure away to somebody else. You know, I always wondered why did my girlfriends that I hung out with, they all knew Jesus, but they never shared it with me. And I always wondered about that. That could have saved me a couple of years looking for God, trying to do all the good works in the community. But you have that treasure to give away. So thank you for having us today. God bless you. Just take it with you. Amen. I'm falling apart. When uh, I first met Nancy and we'd, we'd first got engaged, my kids had not met her yet at that point. And so I was taking her to Denver. My son had planted a church in Denver and I was taking her to Denver. And, and so when we were in Denver, uh, my, my son's pastoring there. And, and uh, anyway, so I wanted to meet some of my friends that I had made in Denver while we lived there. And so I took her back to the place where I used to live and it was, it's a 55 and older community and, and uh, I used to, to play a lot of pickleball and pool and cribbage. I was retired, I really was. And, uh, and so, but uh, I wanted to meet a guy that I had met and he was like 90 years old. And so we met and we talked and Nancy and I left. And so we're back on the road traveling and she says, uh, so is he a Christian? I said, I don't know, never got that far in a conversation. She said, what? I said, we never got that far in the conversation. She said, he's old, he's going to die. And you never told him about Jesus? And I said, no, I just couldn't get there. So then, so then about two weeks later, I'm sitting at my daughter's up in Oklahoma, and Jim calls me, this gentleman calls me, and we talk, and I finally I, I said to him, I said, Jim, so all the times we spent together doing things, I said, never once, that I apologize, I said, never once did I talk to you and ask you about your relationship with the Lord. I said, do you have a relationship with the Lord? And he said, no. And I said, and long story short, I led him to Jesus. But here's, here's the thing, is that I call this my eternity rope, and that this rope represents eternity. And for us, we have a beginning. And, and this red represents the, our existence here on this earth. You know, when you think about God, God is eternal from eternity past to eternity future. No beginning, no end. It's just, it's hard to comprehend that, isn't it, in our finite minds. But this represents our life here on earth. And old Jim, he was, he was getting right near the end of his existence here on earth. At 90, that's a long life. And he maybe have five more, maybe 10, maybe 15 years, but we know that there's not that many years left. And so we live all of our lives sometimes for this little part at the end of this life, and we forget that this is just the beginning of our existence, that we go off into eternity, and eternity goes on and on and on. During World War II, my dad was a, 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 a backslidden Presbyterian preacher. He got caught up in, a, in a, a, a very liberal theology, and 
he had been born again, but he'd just kind of gone and doing his own thing. And so when all the guys were going signing up for 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 the military, and he was in Canada, he was a itinerant preacher, horseback riding in the wintertime up in northern Canada, 50 below zero. He had to go see ch- three churches. He was true circuit rider preacher back in the day. But he decided to go sign up for the military. And he joined the Air Force and got trained and became a pilot and was piloted four-engine bombers, the the British Lancaster bombers with the gun turrets on the top and the bottom. And and, and so he had flown many uh, bombing missions over Europe and uh, over the enemy. And one night coming back, he had one engine on one side that they called a runaway prop. It just let loose of everything and it was going at uncontrolled speed and and uh, it uh, it just couldn't hardly control the plane and he was supposed to press a, a button and it would feather it and stop it from doing that and that didn't work and about that time the other engine on the same side did the same thing and at that time it was about 10,000 feet which is not real high but it, when you're headed towards the ground it's it's not a good thing and so he told his crew to come and bail out the front and, and three of the guys bailed out and three of his crew members never showed up. His flight engineer, who was a young man that idolized my dad, he would go on leave with my dad and, and just would listen to my dad and my dad could have led him to the Lord if he had just taken the time, if, if he'd have been living right, if he'd have been, been, been thinking about more than just the, the pleasures of the moment of the season, if he'd have just thought beyond himself, if he'd have had an eternal perspective instead of a temporal perspective, he could have led that young man to the Lord. But that night, that young man never showed up. He never came with my dad's parachute to snap on his harvest harness. So my dad went down with the plane and, and the flame burst into flames and they found my dad a little bit later sitting on a gas tank from one of the wings but my dad had crawled through the the infernal and, and and god spared his life but those other three young men my dad heard them crying out out of the flames out of that 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 airplane out of that wreckage crying out the one young man that he could have led to the lord is crying out to the only one who he thought ever loved and he was crying out mother 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 and the and the screens begin to get silent and at that moment my dad understood that that the, the that hell is was was a real place and he and he remembered the scriptures and and, and he knew that that what the scripture says, their screams and torment goes up forever and ever and ever. They were just for a moment in that burning wreckage of that plane. But when they go to a lost eternity without Jesus, it's forever. And it impacted his life. My dad became a great soul winner, led thousands of people to the Lord after that. But I want to challenge you, just catch a vision of heaven Catch a vision of the lostness of man. Just the lostness of man. What it means to be lost forever. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? And you may be here this morning and and you just need Jesus in your life. Maybe you haven't surrendered. Maybe you've never been born again. The Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to have that spiritual birth. Be reborn spiritually. And so if that's the need in your life, if you've never been born again, if you've never asked Jesus to 
come into your life. Or maybe you've just walked away from the grace of God in your life and you need to make a a new surrender to God. I'm going to invite you to to just lift your hand as I look across the congregation. I'm going to pray a prayer with you and the pastor is going to come. Yes, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? So I just need Jesus. I I need to surrender. You can put it down if you want. But I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Anyone else? Along, join this young man that has his hand up. Anyone else? I just need Jesus. I need to be born again. I just need to turn my life over to him. Yes, 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 yes. God bless you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you didn't raise your hand and you just need to pray this prayer, you pray it, mean it from your heart. It's got to come from your heart, something that you mean, and, and, and you're very serious about this. But... When you pray the prayer, something supernatural is going to happen. And you're going to be born again. So if just pray this prayer. I'll lead you. You repeat it after me. And, and, and I just want to lead you to Jesus this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for doing life my way. And I surrender to you. Forgive me for my sins. I receive Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And with your help, I'm going to live for you. I turn my back on my old life and I receive the new life that Jesus has for me. I surrender to you. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that right now heaven is rejoicing because of these that have accepted the Lord into their life this morning. God, I pray that you would just direct their steps. God, I pray that they would become mighty men and women of God. God, I pray that this body of believers would become a a mighty force for you, that you would empower them with your Holy Spirit, and they would become unstoppable for you, Lord. God, that they would get behind the vision of this house. God, and and God, I pray that, that you would just there would be a spirit of unity that enables this church to move forward like never before. God, I pray that your blessing would be upon this body, upon these pastors. God, give them fresh. We hope you've encountered the spirit of God during this podcast. If you've decided to follow Jesus, or if you need prayer for any reason, click the link in the description below. We are located on the east edge of the Dallas Metroplex and would love to host you in person. Plan your visit now at mustangcreek.org forward slash plan your visit.